Rebel Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Bray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. What's going on, West Coast Cam? A lot. Yourself? Oh, I, you know, that right there is just a great way to open the show because I don't know that in the last month or so you've actually opened with the phrase a lot. It's typically a, it's raining, I'm tired, uh, someone lost my luggage. I, I mean, I, I don't know, but for you to open up with a lot, I'm, I might have to just sit back over here and let you talk for a little while. Oh, yeah, I do. I just, I have so much going on in my life right now that, I mean, it's all good things, but it's just a lot of change, a lot of, a lot of good, a little bad, you know, but my social media game looks awesome, so. Yeah, all right. If, we'll be if, all right. If, of course, if if your Instagram looks positive, uh, you're, you're throwing up the quotes on Facebook, um, you know, I mean, what more? I mean, that's how life, that's what life's all about, right? Everything is about the image on the social media. Do not let yeah. the negative flow. No one, no one cares what I'm actually doing. They just want to know what I'm doing on social media. So I could just put all kinds of crap on there and everything will be hunky dory. Somebody could be sitting at a restaurant eating a big old shit burger. And if they posted it up on social media, everybody would think that it was roses and cold beer. I mean, yeah, everybody thinks we have this really cool podcast that, uh, you know, but little do they know I'm sitting in my garage recording this podcast <laughs> instead of a, instead of a badass studio. But hey, you know what? The thousands and thousands of people that are downloading it, they don't seem to mind. Well, you know, they'll once- probably stop listening if we actually did have a studio and the sounds was worth a shit. You know, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, we're we're over here, and you know, you're in your garage on the west coast. It's you know, today we're recording. It's one thirty in the afternoon. It's five thirty here. Um, one thirty in the afternoon, dude. It's three twenty. All right, so I'm not good at math and time zones. Shocker for anybody listening. Well, dude, I, how are you, Don? Man, I. Dude, we're 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 just swinging away over here, um, trying to uh, prepare. I'm I'm getting ready to try to pull off my best on the road professional top uh, top fuel cam Cameron Foray schedule was we're gonna get ready to head to Bristol and Norwalk for back to back, which would be awesome. We, you know, we've been we've been That'll be back to back to back to back. For, for you, it will be, yeah, because you're, you're uh, packing it up and heading to Evil Knievel Land uh, here in a couple of days, headed to Topeka and then off to Bristol and then to Norwalk. So, uh, you know, I really don't want to bring up your weekend last weekend uh, there as you, uh, you know, I don't know, we want to say. Uh, you went there, didn't you? Well, I mean, come on, Cam. You, it's not, you didn't hit a home run, but you didn't strike out. I mean, if we're going to use some baseball terminology, I'm going to say you just kind of got left on base, you know? Hit, hit a ground rule double. Ground, <laughs> right. Ground rule double and got left standing on second. I mean. Yeah. Who's on first, though? 
whoever numbers on, <laughs> yeah, <what's> on well, <laughs> I was gonna say whoever was on first was uh the number sixteen qualifier. <laughs> that would Damn. Be... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was a good unfortunately we didn't qualify, but you know, we actually ran the we went three ninety five, which is a good solid run for us and we hoped it would work and we opted to try to run the funny card to get that in the, that in the show instead of running ours mine again. But unfortunately it didn't work out for both of us and we ended up Terry and I ended up eighteen and nineteen, I think. But there was a lot of really good cars there and I mean that was cool to see that there was so many fuel cars, but kind of a bummer for us not qualifying, but we'll see what happens in Topeka this weekend. So Yeah, I gotta think that for you if you take your three ninety five to And I'm going to say probably other than Indy right now, Indy and Vegas. How about Fall Vegas and Indy? I would think between now and then, 395 qualifies everywhere. Yeah, I can see that. I'd say that. But, you know, it, it, it's like I said, it's all good. I mean, I'm grateful for the opportunity that we're doing it, and we're doing it on a major shoestring budget, and we're working on a lot of behind the scenes, but... Well, I mean, hello. How about the fact that you may have uh, went ahead and not qualified, got those big, ugly three letters, DNQ, but how about the fact that you killed it on being in DI, Drag Illustrated Magazine? Nice article. Another nice article out on the NHRA side. Got a little love from the corporate world. Uh, yeah, we're getting a little getting a little press out there, which is really cool. I appreciate Drag Illustrated and NHRA for reaching out to me and you know doing that. And it's you know that's what it takes to get sponsors. So you know they they want to see that. So I'm hoping that that kind of continues, and hopefully they can you know show a little more love to the little guy, and we can stay out there and play in their their sandbox. Absolutely, totally agree. Well, I'm not going to. Uh get off on too much i just want to talk about the fact that uh i don't know do we want to call it earth shattering for us in the drag racing world that maple grove raceway officially went up for sale today i mean is that something that we (laughs) i I just i just saw that and i didn't read the article as to why so you might be able to fill me in because i haven't been able to i've been doing like 17 things so i haven't been able to actually click on the link but um yeah that sucks and then by was it Byron Dragway? Actually, it was on the side of uh, yes, uh, Creasy's car, I think. Yes, and that's for sale too. You know, yeah, I think I think Byron is more of an ownership change. I, you know, that's family owned. I think they're ready to move on in life. Um, and oh. I think it's and I think the deal with Maple Grove is that's kind of I don't know. For me, it's kind of perplexing. I, they put up everything in the eight million dollar. That's right. $8 million price asking price. There's residential housing. There's, you know, catering, conference room. I mean, there's a, a laundry list of things that come with come with the $8 million price tag. But I'm just wondering, you know, I'm a marketing guy over here. We lost the racetrack next to the largest market that we had for NHRA, that being English Town. Right outside New York City, we you know we don't go there anymore, and that, so that leaves you New Hampshire, Epping up there, which is you know pretty close to Canada. I'm sure that makes your wife happy, uh, but then you drop down and you've got Maple Grove, 
and you lose Maple Grove, you've got one NHRA national event in the Northeast. I mean, I might be okay with that if they leave it off, leave something off the schedule because twenty-four races is a lot. <laughs> so, so do we? So, are are we looking at it from the standpoint of saying, "Hey, racers in the Northeast, we're sorry, but yeah, it's okay. It's going to help everybody else out." Or <laughs> no, I'm just oh, I'm okay. Just I was just <laughs> they, they, they could get rid of the second Vegas, the second Pomona, the all these double up races and then the ones that are literally on top of each other and there's certain markets and get the schedule down to maybe 18 to 20. But that's just my opinion. And none of these back to back to back to back to back to back to back. Cause I'd like to see my family every now and again. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that sounds a little personal there. Just saying, no, no, it's all good. Well, I, yeah. you know, I, uh, I really hope, yeah, you know, for me, it's kind of like um, just out of left field because, I mean, it wasn't too long ago uh, Maple Grove Raceway had what I'm going to consider, you know, if we're going to make the meme up of the guy sitting there drinking the coffee behind the table in the park that says, you know, convince me, prove me wrong. I mean, Maple Grove Raceway had Bill Bader Jr. over there helping them. And if I'm going to draw something up on a board – Bill Bader Jr. is the, the premier promoter in the country. Prove me wrong. And now you're, now you're putting your racetrack up for sale. Um, so that, that's why I think more than anything kind of caught me off guard from, from that standpoint. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it sucks when you see, I mean, people wanting to sell their racetracks because generally that, that means they're either A, not making money or be either maybe in financial trouble or see maybe they just want to retire but i don't think that's the case here but you never know well so. i i mean hell can we get can somebody get the isc folks on the on the phone i mean uh they just bought in to nascar i mean bought daytona i i mean that went on last week um i mean the motorsports world obviously has some growth going on in it and it's sad to see racetracks coming up for sale but our drag racing world is so but not so splintered but it is splintered right now and we've got so many different types of events going on across the country that that the manufacturing vendor side of it should be awesome everybody should be happy and excited about that because business should be good right at the same point on the consumer customer side we're struggling a little bit because you still only have so much expendable cash to go to different events and to participate from a viewership standpoint of taking your family to sit in the stands or walk through the midway at LS Fest or uh, diesel drags or, you know, no prep, whatever, some prep, a lot of prep, who knows how much <laughs> prep. I mean, whatever the case may be, I, I'm just... Um, you know, I'm still concerned about that, and I think NASCAR is doing the same thing. They're they're reevaluating their programs over there, and so uh, I, I don't think this is going to be the last time that we're going to talk about this and expend some oxygen on the podcast. No, I, I think you're right, but you know, that's kind of a good segue into the person that I want to call because the person I want to call about a lot of things in the industry is a guy that could probably weigh in on a little bit of that because the guy is just 
freaking everywhere he has his hand he's like kind of like shit he's everywhere and uh he's a super cool dude and uh he just uh yeah if anybody has ever heard of the uh, website bangshift.com uh the guy named chad reynolds is uh you know one of the content creators for that uh good buddy of mine and all around good dude and just in general and let's give him a call don because he's just like fun to talk to first of all (laughs) so i'm sure he could just talk shit about something and i'm sure if we call him he's probably drinking beer working on his car so that'll probably segue into all kinds of shenanigans what do you think well let's uh let's see you know let's see if we can get our technical department to, to function right this week um since we've been struggling here lately with our technical skills uh, let, let's you see. Did push we, record, right? I, I did push record this time, and I'm I'm hopeful that when he uh, picks up the phone there, that we're gonna we're actually gonna be able to hear him. So this may be like a completely different, you know, whole well, new funny, technical. God, what's what's funny is since you're in California or you're in <laughs> Egypt or wherever you live. Uh, Southern um, Chad Indiana, lives in California. I think currently, I think he's like moving to Texas or some crap. But uh, he got smart and wants to leave. He got the but, hell out of Dodge. So we're going, we're going from California to Indy to back to California. So we'll see how this works out. All right, let's let's give his ass a ring. See if we can get him. Chad, Chad, how are you guys? Hello, Woo! it worked. <laughs> hey, uh, I I don't know, but. Is it possible for three of us to talk on the phone at the same time? <laughs> hey, you I don't know. know. Call call Megan Meyer. That might be up there with the with the collect call. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when it was the big deal to have three way calling? Hold on, I'll three way them in. Hold on. I do. I also remember when I learned of the three way with something else. <laughs> Isn't that a taco? <laughs> it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> Oh, this is a family how, show, and they how just are you? Took a left boys? turn, Chad, Chad. We called Chad, and it took a left turn instantly. Is that weird? No, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Hold on, I think not. Hold on, I'm getting on. I'm getting on Google. I got to figure out what is a three way. My bad. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> what are you boys up to? Yeah, let me know what what that Google search reveals. <laughs> I would suggest that you do that in an incognito tab, by the way. <laughs> I, I suggest you don't do that on your uh, computer <laughs> that you used in the RV dealership. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is a family show. Yes. So how are you boys today? Fantastic. Well, I, I mean, most of, most of everyone, almost, well, everyone, cannot see because we've not elevated our game yet to our video podcast. It's coming. It's coming, ladies Dude, and gentlemen. You guys need to. You know me. I'm Mr. Video, so well, you need to. But then people would see that, that I'm not wearing pants. Well, <laughs> and, and, and then along with that, it would put a whole lot of explanation into the fact that you're drinking Corona while we're doing the podcast. Y- yes, my I man. am. Yes, I, Mexican beer is my jam, so... We're, I'm glad to see that since you're moving to Texas, you haven't got rid of the Mexican beer. Oh, no, no. I, I really I got to tell you, I wish I was going to Texas sooner rather than later, but we're in the process of getting bids and everything to you know build this house that we're trying to do, which is going to be like the dream car, you know, garage mahal kind of deal if I can figure out how to afford it. But just like my racing budget, my house budget is considerably smaller than I would like it to be, so... 
You live in California. You must. You live in California. You must be rich. Yeah, you know that's what everybody tells us, right? I always laugh when people from the rest of the country go, "Oh my God, gasoline's five dollars there." Blah blah blah. What do you do? You put gas in the car. What do you mean? What do you do? I mean, you don't go where you don't gotta go, but yeah, put gas in the car. I mean, come on. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, there's gas in the car. Drive. Oh man. Yeah. Chad's been listening to other podcasts. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure the first four episodes we ever did, all I did was bag on cam and we talked about what the price of fuel was in California. Oh. I'm like, what? You are you, Highway robbery, like legal larceny is going on over there or something in that state. I have no idea. It's just complete nutter. Haters going to hate, bro. Haters going to hate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You okay. Know what, my, you flock, know what I've... My, my flock of seagulls hairdo would not do good anywhere else. That's true. Now, you know what I find entertaining? Here's my, my fun deal. And you know, I travel all over the country. I go to racetracks everywhere. I love racetracks all over the country. I mean, I, I you know, some of my favorite racetracks there are, are nowhere near California. But what I find entertaining is that people in the rest of the country somehow think that it's their prerogative to tell Californians how we're so screwed up. So I'm always laughing at that one because they like, you'll have a guy that'll go, oh yeah, well, California's so screwed up about this, that, or the other thing. And you ask them where they live and they're like, oh, I live in, you know, Western Kansas or I live in Missouri. And I go, you know why nobody ever tells you how much it sucks to live in Western Kansas or Missouri? Because <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> like no California, we don't care. I don't care if you're happy there, be happy there. I don't care. But I, I bet tell you, I move in there. I bet you four out of five people that live in California don't even know where Western Kansas or Missouri is. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll tell you where Western Kansas is. When you go through Denver from the west side, and you go through Denver, and you look back, and the mountain looks beautiful, and it's amazing, and it's still pretty, and you're looking, you know, you're looking east, and it's cool. The minute you get to where it looks like crap, you might as well be in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> When there's no more trees, no more mountains, no more anything, you are in eastern Colorado or western Kansas. That's how it works. I'll let you know because I'm on my way. Oh, yes, you are. And there's not much. Man, God bless you going to Topeka. That is one of those places that that's an acquired taste for that part of the country. (laughs) It's an acquired taste. It is an acquired taste. But, dude, what's the plan there? I mean, I know you had a rough weekend. Um, last outing. So what, what's the plan for Topeka? I, I'm, I'm excited to watch you run. And I got to tell you, I know this has been your dream for a long time. I know there's a lot of people that have helped you get away from the amazing determination and hard work that you've had your entire life trying to make this happen. So I got to tell you, I'm, I'm so thrilled for you. Dude. Well, thank you. It's, uh, it's it's been a dream come true, but I mean it is a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifice to to get to this point because you know it's when you're not getting paid it you know and you're trying to find money to do it 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 gets real real stressful at times but like I said you know Terry's been super cool to me and you know willing to work with me and and all that so it, it's been good and we've been running better and better so um, the plan for, for Topeka is honestly just to go out there and I mean there's only 14 cars so I'll probably only make one qualifier and then get in especially if it runs good. Um, it should, now that we fixed the clutch situation that we found, um, it should just go 390 down a dirt road. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the plan. And, you know, for first round on a, on a Sunday, I mean, we'll, we always go up there and, and try to win. You know, we're not, we're not there to just 
necessarily be a field filler per se. I mean, we, we're there because we're racers and we want to freaking win, but we also know our role and you got to walk before you can run and you can't destroy everything trying to go out there and make one lap and go 370. That's what people don't realize is the difference in going 390 versus 370. I mean, it's, it's two tenths of a second, but the amount of strain on parts is tenfold. Like, Huge. We buy, we buy, yeah, we buy parts from the bigger teams that, like, say for instance, a crankshaft. They run it two times and they trash it. A crankshaft is like sixty five hundred dollars, so they run it two times and it's trash. And then we can or trash to them because there's so much crank flex in those things, like it's insane. So we take it and then we can run it for another, say, eight to ten runs at three ninety. You know, yeah. but it, but if but two tenths of a second makes that much difference, and so it's like, yeah, you know, it's 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 a hard it's a hard play because we want to be out there and we want to be able to showcase. But you know, once we start to get some more funding, we'll be able to buy better parts and you know more crew guys and et cetera, and it just kind of snows snowballs and gets better and better. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been really cool, and like I said, I, I've learned a lot, and you know, even how like more of how the business works and how the industry works and and whatnot and so it, it's it's been really really cool i'm psyched so well i gotta tell you you know for me one of the things that i love and you know you and i you know we both race anytime we can and i'm always so busy live streaming video at races and doing all that or traveling across the country i don't get to race nearly as often as i like but um you know you're running the big show car, but you're also out there bracket racing. I mean, I know you were trying to win the spring fling million in Vegas so that you'd have enough money to fund the team for a year, you know? Hell yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> you'd have been the only guy in history to win the spring fling to be like, yes, we can pay for nitro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else would be buying houses and I'd be buying drums of nitro. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're a sick man, but your wife is cool. Cause she understands it. So absolutely. Yeah. But it, you know, for me, it's interesting because, you know, people that aren't inside the industry and they don't see the racing up close, they don't understand sometimes, and this isn't a bag on them. I mean, why would you understand? You're not in it, you know, but you don't understand sometimes that, you know, it's not just about the parts. It's not just about getting to the racetrack with fuel. It's about all the people. I mean, you talked about it. You guys are way short staffed. You and I have had conversations about that before. That makes it really tough. It also, in some ways, makes it more satisfying when you are able to do something that, you know, a guy that has 10 times the people, you know, couldn't do. But the truth of the matter is racing cars is a hugely expensive endeavor at a of different levels when you start stepping up your game. So if you're the weekend guy that you know puts his car on an open trailer or in a in a enclosed trailer and you go to the racetrack and you're gonna jet the carburetor and you're gonna do the tuning and all that, that's great. But when you start running at the level of a pro mod car or a fuel car or whatever, and you get to where you're having to fly crew in or you're having to pay a tuner, you're having to do all these things. I mean, I was talking to a guy the other day that runs in a big tire sort of no prep outlaw type of classes um, with his car. And he's a normal dude. What, what you would consider a normal guy. He makes some good money, but nonetheless, he told me, he goes, dude, it's 15 to 20 grand to go run for a weekend. If I run my badass car, because I've got to pay a tuner to come in. I have to pay for this. I have to pay for hotels. 
I have to pay for all this stuff, the food, the everything. It, it all adds up. And, he, you know, I just can't do it. He said, I, I'm taking a break. He goes, I got to step back. He said, you, you know, you look at it and go, oh, I can buy a pro mod car for 125 grand. Yeah, but it's going to cost you 400 to go to any for the year 100 you know? i mean that but people don't realize it's like you know oh man you're you're traveling back and forth you're going crisscrossing the country like that's really cool but, but the the problem is i mean dude the amount of money that i've spent on on flights just flights alone like probably by the end of the year i've probably i'll probably spend close to fifteen thousand dollars just in flights and, and I know that. I mean, I appreciate that because you talk about, you know, NHRA running 23 or 24 events. Um, you know, I remember a few years ago when I was at my peak, like, number of events that I was live streaming or announcing at or whatever. And Ron Caps and I were talking about it. And he goes, how many races do you go to? And he's like, because 23 sucks. And I said, dude, 46, you bastard. And he was <laughs> like, what? I said, 46 weekends. Dude, I can't tell you. The number of Mother's Days, Father's Days, um, you know, every holiday known to man. Birthdays, forget about it, dude. The kids never saw me on their birthdays. Or I had to kill myself to get to there, to be there for the birthdays, whatever, because we were, I mean, it's work. You're doing what you got to do, you know, to make ends meet. But, and I wouldn't change it, you know, on the one hand, but I'll tell you, when somebody comes up to me and says, oh my God, thank you. You live streamed this race. It was amazing. I got to see my son race or my husband or my daughter or my wife or whatever. Um, those people saying thank you, like I'm always humbled and I always appreciate it. They don't understand why because they see the sacrifice of me standing in that damn scaffolding for 18 hours a day, which sucks by a long shot. <laughs> but what they don't see is the stuff you miss at home and all of those things. So to those people out there, seriously, like I appreciate the thanks more than they'll ever understand because it's more than they even realize, you know. Right. I guess for I, – I mean you kind of touched on it there, but I guess we could – for those of you that don't know – who Chad Reynolds is? <laughs> uh, just give us a little click Cliff Notes version of, you know, who, who's Chad? Who's Bang Shift Chad? Dude, dude, I was the kid that grew up in Northern California at Fremont Drag Strip, where, you know, where Georgia Seipel ran the racetrack, or Kyle Seipel grew up. Um, Kyle and I didn't. I mean, we. We knew who each other were, but we were not friends growing up or what have you. But I grew up at the drag strip up there at Fremont. You know, have have lived in California or Texas, um, you know, all my life. We're moving back to Texas now, but uh, or soon. But you know, been a hot rodder, been a drag race guy my whole life. You know, and I've been a Camaro guy. My my dad has a '68 Z28. He bought brand new. Been an NHRA stock eliminator car ninety percent of its life. Um, ben Wenzel is his hero. Um, you know, I, I have a '69 Camaro convertible that's the ex any world champion and, and world record holder car i've raced everything from pro stock to stock eliminator i have driven everything but a funny car and no alcohol or nitro cars basically and no pro mod yet but i will be soon um you know it's i've driven a lot of stuff i've built a lot of cars i'm by no means like uh you know tim mccamus or larry larson or one of these professional car builders i'm not that guy um but you know, we build stuff. I mean, that's what we do. We have fun, mostly because I can't afford to pay somebody else to do it for me, you know? So, you know, you beg, borrow, and steal, and you do what you got to do. I mean, my kid is, you know, Cole is, is building a love truck right now to be an autocross and pro touring thing, you know, a handling car, and we're building a chassis here in the shop for it. Um, 
you know, we're, we're doing it ourselves because it's what we can do. And, and I laugh because sometimes he complains about how long it takes to do shit. And I go, I understand. Trust me, dude. It took me like eight uh-huh. years to build my Camaro when I was a kid. I mean, you don't like, I, you don't have money, then you, it takes however long it takes, you know? And, and that's one of the things to me that though, that makes you a better racer, a better hot rodder, a better car guy when you're done is that you appreciate it more, right? You're not going to tear your stuff up because you didn't have mommy and daddy writing a check for it. And that's not to say I wouldn't have been thrilled if my parents did. Um, I'd like to think I'd have been yeah. a good responsible human with it. But, I, I always, I always say that, you know, cause every, you know, you get a bunch of people out there like, Oh, well I, you know, it sucks. You're not Brittany force or whoever. Right. And I'm like, no, I, I don't care. Like I'm not a hater against anybody that is, lucky enough to have been born into the industry or or their dad is Tony Sh- or Don Schumacher or what like I don't care like right. be, and the reason why I don't care is because if I was you know whoever Brittany Forrest or Austin Proc or whoever I'd be doing the same damn thing they are so yeah. I, I, I can't like kudos to them man like it's going to take me a little longer than them because I got to climb a little higher on the mountain but i i, I don't care it's i shit i haven't stopped yet well and you know what i'll tell you one thing like um you know my life's pretty public obviously and and you know we through the good and the bad and i've had a lot of you know stuff going on the last few years with my wife you know daphne passing away and and that was her illness was really public and and you know a lot of people saw me crying online and doing all that kind of stuff and and it didn't bother me at all one of the things I've always said, too, is like, you know, you see the racer that wins a race and they're crying as they're getting handed that Wally. It's because, dude, they had a long road to get there, my friend. Right. They all any amount of practice for your acceptance speech out the window, dude. Right. It's pure, raw emotion. And what I want to see is that. Right. That's the dude that I love. I don't want to see no offense, but I, well, I don't care. Offense. I don't want to see the canned John Force response at the end of every run. You know, everybody that knows me and sees me online, like, you know, I, I told you what my background is, right? We get to, you know, the more recent years, and I started announcing events in the mid-2000s after building some cars that got real famous and and did a lot of stuff with Hot Rod Magazine and started Bang Shift, and we've done all of these things, all this racing, all this announcing, all this live streaming video. Everybody knows that I'm... I am who I am, right? I mean, I'm I'm kind of loud. I'm obnoxious. Okay, I'm a lot of loud. I'm obnoxious. Um, <laughs> you know, I have a good time. I tell it how it is. You know, I try not to offend people, but you know, whatever. Um, and and the thing about it is, I, I think that just makes you a more approachable. I think it makes you more real. I think you know the group of sponsors that I have. Um, I mean, they're better than anybody I could ever hope to have. And I feel like the relationships that I have with them are amazing because they know that I'm genuine. And so does, so do the people that watch me on camera, right? If I say thank you to race pack, then I'm talking about you and Todd and Tim Anderson and all of the gang there, because I know you guys, right? Like you guys are awesome. I know you guys, your friends, I know your product. I know how the things are actually made right there in Rancho Santa Margarita, like I know how everything happens there, right? So I, that's a product I can stand behind. So when I say to somebody, dude, if you want data systems, you want the best dash, et cetera, that's what you get. People believe me, you know, because right. they know that it's not some canned thing. And, you know, for me, 
you know, companies like Holly, companies like Racepack, um, companies like TrickFlow and Blueprint Engines, all of these companies stood up. They supported Daphne and her racing, um, and, and they've done stuff. And without it, dude, you couldn't do it. And, and people a lot of times will go, oh, well, you, you, know, you own and run Bangshift, and I have great partners in the site, Brian Loans, who's you know, NHRA's TV guy now. Um, with, with, you know, Tony is, is one of my business partners. And, you know, a lot of times we get people saying, oh, well, you get free parts, you can build a car for nothing. Well, dude, that ain't the case. I mean, yes, there are times where I get great parts in the mail from spectacular people and I love them for it. But dude, if you take your Chevy pickup and pull it in the driveway and it's powered by a small block Chevrolet, let's say you took a 92 Chevy pickup, you pull it in the driveway tonight. You take the motor and trans out of it, and then you put another small block right back in with the same transmission. If you replace the belts, the hoses, the water pump, the motor mounts, and all of those kinds of maintenance items with it, it's going to cost you $1,000 to swap that small block. <laughs> it's going to cost you a grand, and you, you prove me wrong, because I'll tell you, I've done it a bunch of times so it doesn't matter if somebody sends you a camshaft or a set of cylinder heads or an intake manifold or whatever there's still a bunch of stuff you have to get you know and right. and it all adds up and the same goes for that's just how it is and and don't get me wrong i'm not complaining because if without the support i couldn't do it at all there So the Chad, editors are going to have fun with that one. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah. yeah. So everybody, everybody will get to hear that. Just to let everybody know why we're laughing. You know, we are. We're over here. We're technically challenged, and uh, so that's <laughs> that will make the blooper wheel blooper real. Good lord. How about I get some English over here? Uh, it's so, you put this out there. No you can't, kidding. You can't say right. that word. Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So Chad. So let's look. You know, you went the gamut there about how you where you grew up in the sport and, and what you've been involved with and everything that you're doing. And, and without a shadow of a doubt, I know a couple years ago, I yelled at you while you were on scaffolding for 18 hours at Indy during NMCA stuff as I'm coming down the return road with the wife pushing me because we do appreciate yep. stuff like that. So that being said, from, from your standpoint, because obviously you report, obviously you're a, a car guy and you're a marketing guy and you're a business guy. Where... Where do you feel like the next big push is going to come in the motorsports arena? Let's just, you know, it doesn't matter whether we're saying NASCAR, dirt track, no prep, some prep, NHRA. Where do you see? Because I, I monster you, truck, monster truck, right? Exactly. Uh, I you love know, monster trucks. We, I can't. Lie. Cam and I are trying to get someone at Feld Entertainment to pick Somebody us up and let, let us do it. Drive one. We want to, dude. Do, I want in. Don't you bastards cannot without me, I, dude. I want in we, bad. I, I am. I don't know. I'm gonna have to reach back out to like you know Rich Schaefer and Glenn Cromwell at NHRA because you know there were with Feld for so long. We totally want to do a podcast in monster trucks. Dude, I want to as well. And I've been trying to get the Feld guys to let me come announce for years, dude. Like I've had random people that have told them, but I've never had a real conversation with them. I would lose my monster trucks are rad. Like I know I'm a California kid, but dude, I have a, a lifted truck guy, like from way back. Like I'm in. Well, yeah, no, hold on. In. I want to make sure that I'm clear. I'm, I don't want to own one. 
I don't want to drive one no. down my driveway. I want to. I want to drive over top of stuff. I want to jump off of a dirt pile, crash into yeah. things. That's what I want to do. Okay, I want to make sure. I, I want to backflip a monster. Yeah, I wanna that's t- what I want to do. I want to Todd Laduke my ass like he does all around the country. And dude, the guy's an animal. <laughs> I don't know right, if you saw exactly. that thing on YouTube. Where he, the guy like jumped out of the stadium. Right, for he sure. Died when he landed. But exactly. Anyway. All right. So, so come at us, Chad. Tell us where you think, from your guys' business side, with Bangshift, with everything that you guys are involved in, where do you see the, the, the next push that's going to come? You know, I don't think there's going to be one push, and, and that's good and bad. Um, you know, you guys, you guys talk about drag racing all the time, and I obviously that's my core love. Um, the... I, I think that the drag racing community has gotten pretty diluted in the last couple of years with all of the no prep stuff, with the street racing stuff. Um, by the way, those cars are, dude, those racetrack or the, the street in Oklahoma, dude, it pulls bigger numbers than the starting line at Pomona. Okay. I've seen the data from some of those guys' runs. Dude, I mean, they're not taking anything away. Those cars are badass. Okay. They haul ass. But dude, it's because they're leaving on amazing, amazing setup. So, and it's but, downhill like Pomona is? Uh, uh, it may or may not be <laughs> a little bit. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it, it's entertaining to me because we have so many new things to do. But the problem with, the, with all of this diversity in drag racing for me right now is, is from the promoter standpoint, right? Um, you end up with so many events going on on a given weekend that are all within a few hours of each other. And so nobody is getting a packed house anymore. Um, and, and when no prep first started just a couple years ago, dude, packed houses now, dude, not nearly the crowd that it used to be. Yeah. So what I'm afraid of is that if, if somebody like discovery jumps out of the no prep world, that the ripple, you know, will, will, tend to hurt some of the other racetracks or whatever. I mean, I remember a time when you could race every weekend in Dallas, uh, in the DFW area, right? You could bracket race every weekend and race for a grand to $3,500 or $5,000 every weekend at one of the, you know, five or six racetracks that were within a couple hours of DFW. And all the promoters worked together to make sure that their week, every week program was only big one weekend out of the five or six. You know what I mean? So that yeah. they were never competing with each other, you know, for, for the racers. And, and you know, I, I think everybody was doing really good back then. And I know the economy was different then than it is now, too. But I, I look at that and think some of these promoters need to work together a little more than they have been, you know. I feel I feel like that's actually a good you you touched on something that uh, I we haven't really talked about maybe we've touched on it but when you talk about discovery and how you think that they're if they get out it's gonna greatly affect something I, I think you know a lot of people don't realize that this stuff comes in waves right so it's got like maybe what a seven year lifespan like look at even a sitcom on TV like it, it goes through it's it's oh yeah it's the best show on TV and then it's like ah. I don't even watch that anymore. Like Game of Thrones or something. Like, no one's gonna care what? anymore. So, uh, hey, I, just just to reference, people might reference it. I, 
Did you? Big Bang Theory, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, Big Bang. All right, yeah, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, because that's completely that's completely real. Okay, we. I mean, literally, the girl next door and a couple of geeks. Yeah, I mean that could that could happen. Game of Thrones. Please do not reference Game of Thrones on our podcast. (laughs) I retract my statement. Game (laughs) of Thrones. (laughs) What I'm saying is like, okay, look at look at Jesse James's TV show and all his success. Look at Richard Rawlings, like. They all go up, 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 make all kinds of money, and then boom, it's done. It's like any a social media influencer. It's up, yep. up, 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 and then what the hell is all these people that have four hundred thousand followers making all this money going to do in three years when Instagram isn't even a thing? Like, right. or when the TV promoter, when Discovery is like, oh well, like we're now on to deadliest catch swamp people or something like you know, like or whatever the new thing the new widget <laughs> show is gonna be like it i agree they're always trying to find that new that new thing and they've made so discovery has made so much money on this drag racing thing that it's it's tapped like they're the producers and the big wigs at the at the network so you're gonna be like okay yeah it's ran its course now we're moving on and well, next thing and you know, they're gonna be, we're going to be watching people trying to strap themselves to a kite or something and fly across the U.S. I don't, I don't know. Like, that's just my opinion. <laughs> I, I love it. I love that. I want you to save that. That it's just my opinion. Um, that would be. You just need to use that. That's like the tagline now of. Cam, Don's rant, but it's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Cam says just my opinion. I, I, you know, and I agree with you. I, I, I find the um, motorsports world to be really resilient at its core, but I think that we get these spokes that sort of come off of that um, every few years, and something's the latest and greatest and hottest thing. You know, bracket racing has always been a thing, and yeah, has it been a little more popular or a little less popular at different times? Yeah, but it's always there, right? Um, you know, the core drag racing has been there. I think, honestly, I I firmly believe that, you know, NHRA opened a door um, by a lot of different ways, and I won't get into those, but um, to a lot of the other popularity in other forms of drag racing, because I think that, um, again, for a variety of reasons, they let, you know, fans and racers down in some ways, and I think that that impacted them. I really do, and I think that we... You know, we're seeing that because of other things growing in popularity. With that said, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing as long as we're able to maintain, you know, our core. And I think that there are so many other forms of motorsports going on. I mean, I remember as a little, a little kid, there was a time when NHRA drag racing was more popular than Little League Baseball. Look it up. Okay. There was a time at which more people were drag racing on weekends than and attending drag races than were going to Little League baseball games. Well, you know, now the most popular motorsport in the world is autocross. Okay, you take a big old parking lot, you throw a bunch of cones in it to make a little miniature road course, and you drive anything you want around in it, and you haul ass. And I'll tell you, we do a lot of it, and it doesn't sound exciting at all. Okay, <laughs> it's totally the most boring sounding thing ever. Get in one of those cars, though. I'll give you a ride in some of the baddest autocross cars on the planet, and you will think you're doing 125 mile an hour around corners that you're only doing 50 miles an hour around, you know? And so 
There are a lot of people that participate in that kind of sport. There's so much off-road stuff going on. There's so many, I got to tell you, Gravel Rama. Um, next year, Gravel Rama is uh, celebrating its 50th, I believe, year. Gravel Rama is literally a giant pile of pea gravel, and they race these paddle tired, like 2,500 horse Jeeps up this son of a bitch, like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> and it is the most insane. That and Formula Off Road, which is similar, um, which is all happens in like Netherlands and stuff. Those sons of bitches are crazy. And that shit goes up in the air. They flip them over. They tumble down a mountain and they turn right back around and try it again. It's awesome. Don't, don't tell discovery about that. Cause that'll be the next one. That's what yeah, I was exactly. thinking. I, I was thinking right. There's your next, uh, the next yeah. wave right there. Uh, well, well, don't they, they do that. They do that in like Dubai and, and yeah. Qatar and stuff. Don't they? Yeah. They're, they're doing that in sand dunes now. So they're doing yeah. hill climbs there on the sand dunes and these guys are they're running every combo you can imagine i mean inline sixes with big giant you know 98 millimeter pro mod you know turbos they're doing um ls stuff crazy big blocks 481 x's i mean everything but nitro motors with turbos and blowers and nitrous oh my i mean it's the greatest thing and these dudes have nothing but money so they are just going crazy um up these these giant sand dunes because the sand dunes there are bigger than anywhere in the world and it's it's insane if you watch some of the videos i i ran one the other day on bang shift there was a video i think last weekend there was a video of a um i think it was a nissan patrol i don't remember what engine was in it it was some v8 it may have been an ls Anyway, it goes up there, literally blows the crankshaft out of the bottom of this thing and runs over its own crankshaft in the sand. It was awesome. <laughs> nice. I like it. Oh my I'll, God. Be see, I'll be seeing that pilot on uh, next next fall. On, yes. the, on Pilgrim Studios. I can't wait to see. Can't I want to be the host of that TV show if anybody from Discovery is listening. <laughs> and well, we'll we'll do the we'll do the commentary with you. Oh yes. god! What was that? What was that? Si what was that? Mo or TV show on? Wasn't it on Discovery where it was the three guys that are sitting like in the front row of the movie theater, and they're they're ad living whatever's being shown on TV. Like two of them's a robot, one of them's a guy. What was the name of that show? It like went on forever and a day. There's no way that I, Chad, you and I are like close in age. I know that you know what I'm talking about. <sighs> I'm out. I, it seems familiar. Is it sci-fi? Seems familiar. Was it, was it sci-fi theater or? Oh, mystery science theater. Yeah, yes. with the guys in the, the yes. just the mystery silhouettes. Science yeah, theater. yeah, and they're yes. ad-libbing everything. Yes, yes, yes. yes I'm in. Yep. Uh, okay, yeah. you're right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, Cam's a millennial. You're you a nerd because I wasn't a fan, but whatever. It's yeah. Well, uh, hey, Chad, let, let's keep going with the media side of the house. So right now, yeah. with, with the whole bang shift deal, uh, and you referred to your partner there in loans, Brian, for NHRA, and Brian's obviously got to do, um, he's doing the podcast stuff over for them. Where do you think the podcast scene is going for motorsports? Do you feel like it's a good thing here? I, I do. I think it's a good thing. I have to tell you, you know, way back, like we, we stopped doing it a couple years ago, but, um, God, I don't know, four or five years ago, we started doing what we called power shift, which was every Thursday night, um, we would do power shift. And usually I do it from my buddy Crosby's uh, shop in Ontario, California here. And 
we literally, I would show up with a giant, you know, a super big gulp cup and, you know, turn on the camera and it'd be me and Crosby and whoever the hell else showed up. And uh, people would always ask what was in the cup. And it was usually, you know, Jim Beam and Diet Coke. And um, we'd sit there drinking and just talk about whatever was going on for the week and, and loans would be on it. And we'd talk about the motorsports world, things that we thought were funny that we posted on the site or whatever. Um you know, it, it was a video podcast. I mean, that's what we did, but it was before anybody was going back to podcasts. Because remember, podcasts like died years and years ago. Like they were the old thing. Like nobody was doing them for years again. And now here we are back, you know. Yeah. And now, now it's like everybody has one and it, it's pretty interesting. Like, I mean, iHeartRadio is like this has this huge push. Like every time you turn on the radio, they're trying to get you to turn off turn off the radio and turn on a podcast. It's kind of funny, which I mean, it's cool for us because... You know, maybe that's why so many people are listening to us talk about nothing. Yeah. For, well, no, I'm with hour. you. And, and, I, and I've been wanting to start up a, a podcast again. And and honestly, I need to talk to you guys about it because the, you know, what I want to do is just go live on on YouTube and do it. Don't ask us about anything about technical. <laughs> Don't ask us about technical. Oh, that's right. Apparently we can't get that shit figured out. <laughs> But I, I think it's fun. I think the podcasts are cool. I think it's neat because you get to talk and have a good time. And, and, you know, and it really doesn't matter. You get to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. And if people want to listen, they do. And if they don't, then who cares? You know, you entertain yourself and, and have some fun with it. I think that one of the cool things about it <clears throat> is that, you know, like the Street Outlaws guys do them. You know, you guys do them. There's tons of racers that are doing these you know, podcasts, of course, there's podcasts about everything in the world. But, um, but to me, one of the things that's most interesting about it is that you get to know people a little bit, right? It's like your way to get a glimpse into their personalities and such more than you get if you're, you know, just watching them on TV, or, you know, you're reading about them online or whatever, you know, right? you get people to open up a little bit more, which I, I agree with that. And because sometimes you think nobody's listening <laughs> and, then and then you find out they actually are. Yeah. When they complain about something you said about, you know, Western Kansas or yeah, um, exactly. you know, Eastern Colorado, whatever. Yeah. Country and Western. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Midwesterner. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I have to say, I think that, the online community has changed so dramatically. I mean, social media obviously continues to be crazy, and I love it and hate it all at the same time. Um, it depends on the day as to whether it pisses me off or makes me happy. Um, and then, you know, for a guy like us, I mean, I'll be honest with you. You know, you run a website like Bangshift, and there was a time where, man, we were just growing by leaps and bounds. And part of that's just because we were new and all of that. But, um, you know, now there are so many avenues to get your car fix online the, the truth of the matter is just sort of like we were talking about the racing community the the online you know magazine or whatever you want to call us um that's getting diluted as well right so now there's a there's a jillion you know different people doing you know things that are in some way or another similar um and, and i think it's all good i mean we've always said that we don't really have any competition because it's the internet, dude. Nobody's looking at one thing on the internet. You're looking at a million different things. So it is what it is. Right. You know, I mean, that just is how it works. Yeah. No, I, that, that's totally, totally true. And, you know, uh, if you, like you say, if you don't like it, go to a different website, turn it off, whatever. I mean, that's, that's the way it is, you know, but 
I know uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulties here, but we'll wrap it up with uh, Don likes to ask everybody a Christmas card question at the end of our, our deal here. Um, and Christmas uh, card question? Oh, yeah. I did not yeah. hear that the last take time. It, take it, Don. All right. So, hey, first off, thanks for being on, Chad. But what we do is uh, we kind of wrap up the show. We kind of do um, two quick questions. You get to send one Christmas card to anybody in the motorsports industry. Who are you sending it to? Nice Christmas card or mean yeah, Christmas card? I don't know. We'll get to the mean Christmas card. <laughs> oh, this okay. The nice one. Oh, okay. The nice one. Oh, anybody in the motorsports industry? Yep, but you only get to send one. Wow. Wow, that's a tough question, dude. Come on. This ain't Jeopardy. Um, I know, but I, I I, mean, dude, I, I've, there's so many great people in this industry. Um, whew, wow. Oh my God, that's so damn hard. I got to tell you. Um, I know that sounds like a simple question, but if I can only send one Christmas card, like it's the last Christmas card ever. No, nope, um, just, just one. Just one. Just one Christmas yeah. card. Come on. I don't know. Bill Tishner at Holly. I'd send him one. I love Bill. He's a good dude. And, uh, and, and no, no, I'd send no, him a Christmas no, card no, at Harvey. There you go. All right. So one, one good Christmas card going out to Bill Tishner at Holly. Uh, <laughs> now you get to send one WTF card. One. <laughs> who, who are you sending do people, your... Do people honestly answer this one for you guys usually? Oh, yes. yeah. And some of them are extremely entertaining for the answers. And a lot of times they're pretty quick to say who it is. Yeah, be. it's not. It's oh, not. I, know. A, oh. I got one that popped right. I got two that popped into my head right away. And um, and I'm going to go to one of his races and he's going to ride my ass about it. But I'm going to say it anyway. Duck. Donald Long. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. I love it. There's a few others that be on that list. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I'm not, I'm not real sure that we would ever have the duck on our podcast because I, 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 right. I feel like it would probably be an hour long, um, Robin Hood freaking show. We would just be robbing Peter to pay Paul to get to Mary all the way through oh, oh, here. Oh God, yeah, yeah. So, what, Chad? Man, thank you very much for taking time out of your day. I know you got a lot going on out there on the West Coast, and you're building cars and. Uh, doing stuff with your kids in the shop and that's awesome um thank you very much for for giving us some of your time and, and sharing some of your insight in the motorsports world and the media world for that matter and uh hopefully in the in the near future we'll uh figure out another way to do something uh youtubing it live and maybe we'll uh, figure out all these technical difficulties that we're having well i appreciate it you guys are great thank you for having me on i'd love to be on any time and and for everybody that's out there, check out bangshift.com every day. We've got new content all the time. And we also, um, here in about eight days, we'll be heading out for Rocky Mountain Race Week. We're going to bring the Camaro out for the first time in 15 years and do some burnouts and make some hits. And it probably won't be that fast, but it's going to be fun. And, and so follow us along on Rocky Mountain Race Week for sure. Sweet. Yeah, absolutely. You guys uh, go do that. Give you something to, to scope out over the weekend and next week. Chad's always a good time. Trust me. <laughs> so I, I, I highly, I highly suggest uh, following along. No, but seriously, Chad, Chad's a good dude, and and uh, we appreciate you coming on. And you know, thanks to Race Pack and Streetway Marketing and all the other peeps that allow us to do this, like Voice America, and uh, 
you know, I guess uh, we're going to have to have Chad back on because he kind of got skunked on our technical difficulties a little bit. But, you know, we could talk for like the next six hours with Chad. So, um, oh, God, yeah. We'll cut this one short, and uh, I'll go uh, go fill the cooler up, and then we'll bring his ass back on and, and get him all liquored up and tell, tell us what he really thinks about life. Let's do one live at a race. We can do that. All three of us live drinking. <laughs> that and I'll will, bring the brownies. That will totally get the E code on our podcast from that point on. <laughs> it might. It might. You might be right. All right, well, have a good one, Chad. And I'm going to uh, close this one up because somebody said Cam's got to go catch a plane. So, uh, yeah, Cam, I got to go teach and then catch a plane. Well, Cam, yeah. good luck to you in Topeka, my friend. We'll be cheering from you from afar. And uh, this time next week, we'll be on the mountain together. The show. So, See right. you guys. All right, be good, Cam. Thanks, Chad. And uh, you guys out there, uh, thanks for tuning in. Let's